Hello, my friend. Welcome to the It's Happening For Me podcast. If you're obsessed with all things spirituality, personal growth and development, and living as your highest self, you are in the right place. I am your host, Alyssa, and I spent the majority of my teenage years and young 20s living totally out of alignment. As I started to question my patterns and behaviors and actually got to know myself at the soul level, I realized that everything was happening for me. Now, as a spiritual life coach and human design guide, I am here to share my voice, personal stories, human design wisdom, and learn from incredible individuals living their purpose. Join me each week as we walk the spiral path of purpose together. I cannot wait to dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the It's Happening For Me podcast. I am so excited that you're here. And today I am so excited because I'm chatting with such a beautiful friend of mine, a peer that I met through Dharma Coaching Institute. And I am just so excited to have her share her story and really her path to purpose. And we're excited to talk about all things self-love, what it's like being a generator and having that sacral response and just all of the things. So I am so happy. So Michelle, thank you so much for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Alyssa. Yes, I'm so excited. So Michelle is a self-empowerment coach and a inspirational guide. And she is really here to walk people through the path of self-love. And so I guess like I'm really interested and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are always interested in like what was life like before you actually started your spiritual journey? Because usually there's some sort of like catalyst that happens or we just start to realize that we are seeking change and then we get thrown into this like new exciting world. So what was your life like before you discovered like personal growth and development? Ooh, I would say the biggest thing was I wasn't in alignment. And if you had asked me five years ago, I didn't even comprehend what that word actually meant, (laughs) alignment. Because we talk about it a lot in the spiritual community. But before this path, I was just so out of alignment with who I really was and, like, my purpose, my path. Even just, like, being in my own body, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. and um yeah my before going on a self-love journey I just had such ooh, I know all of us have a love-hate relationship with our body but I really really was so disconnected and I didn't know what that was before my self-love journey and even starting on the self-love journey I realized how much conditioning was such a big part of my life And then to dig deeper into that, as a generator, (laughs) learning how much conditioning is around. I mean, everyone in human design, but like generators and manifesting um, just have so much conditioning to like work through that. I already know that this is a lifelong journey, but now after starting it, I feel like such a relief, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It makes so much sense. I was just talking about that the other day too, of how like I always felt so disconnected from my body too, before I had like some sort of like spiritual awakening. It was like, I was just so disconnected from myself. And like, there was a part of me that also like never wanted to be alone with myself. That's what I also want to ask you. So you're a two, four, right? A two, four profile. Yeah. 
Okay. Can, so I was just talking about this the other day, how when I was a child, I felt very connected to the two, four, like I loved my alone time, but then I also loved like socializing with friends until I started kind of like having a rougher time in life where I got completely disconnected. So when you think back to your childhood, do you see a clear point where like you were in alignment before life happened and all the conditioning, or did you never feel really connected to like the two, four? Well, that's such a great question. Um, when I, because I've done a lot of like inner child work, when I think back, I feel like I was so connected to that and like connected to intuition as well. Like I completely lost that along the way. But going back, like I grew up in a family with mostly boys. So um, there weren't a lot of girls around me. And then even in my neighborhood, there were just not very many girls or they like all moved away. So I was by myself a lot and I have an older brother. So I just learned to play by myself and I loved it. <laughs> like I, I didn't have to fight with someone like who gets to play with what like doll, Barbie, like stuffed animal. I could play whatever I want. Of course, it was like me being a princess, although I kind of feel like now I was like living a past life experience. <laughs> we could go, go into more uh, later, but um, yeah, it was. I loved it. And then as I got older, um, I almost felt pressured to be like, because I'm a Libra son. So I do have that charming aspect to me. Like it just comes naturally. People like gravitate towards me, which I didn't realize it was like, like people are pulled to me, but people just like always liked me. Like I could, I can be friends with like anyone. I can get along with anyone. And I just felt pressure to, always socialize and then being with parents who are like the opposite like my mom is so social my dad is like very antisocial, and kind of seeing how they dealt with it it was just so important to realize what that meant for me mm -hmm. so yeah I I felt like I was definitely more um into the two four <laughs> when I was a kid compared to now Mm hmm. Yes, that was my experience, too, because I feel like I feel like when we're born, like we're born whole and like complete and we're so in tune with our design because it's like our soul signature blueprint. And then it's like. And so I feel like that's why I also felt very connected. Like I love spending time alone and like playing imaginary things, like pretending I was a teacher and all of the things and also socializing. And then, yeah, it's so interesting how like our parents or the, the behaviors that are modeled to us, like influence us. And then we're like, oh, and then also how I love how you said, too, that everyone's like so drawn to you and gravitated like towards you. And it's probably the four in your profile, you know, like the opportunists where like you are so warm and also like the just the generator like aura of just being like such a warm enveloping hug. It's like you just feel good to be around. So it's like I can see how then you kind of start putting yourself on the back burner because you're just kind of like showing up for everybody else. So, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, cool. OK, so my next question is. Where was like the turning point in your life? Like if you feel comfortable talking about it, was there anything that happened where you stopped feeling like yourself and now you're like, oh, like now I'm starting to like feel self-conscious about myself or like I don't feel confident because for me, it was moving when I was in seventh grade, like across country. And I was so confident as a child and then moving in seventh, going into eighth grade, I completely had no friends anymore. And that's where I kind of felt like I wasn't myself. And that's where my kind of like down world, I had like a spiral, like down spiral. But I'm just wondering, like, was there any event in your life where you just started not feeling like yourself? 
Ooh, honestly, I feel like after I got, um, after like age of seven was like about the time where I just really like, there was just like trauma that happened. And so I just fully disconnected from myself. And so I was just such a people pleaser. And I know you've talked about that before, but I like was such a people pleaser. I became such a perfectionist that like age five, <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense, but yeah, I became such a perfectionist. And so my life like revolved around this like image, like being perfect, pleasing everyone. And it's not like my parents put a lot of pressure on me. Like I love my parents. They were great parents. They were very like, they grew up with a very rigid, like structured life. So they were like the opposite where they were like, very not like hippies, but they were like so laid back and gave my brother and I like the space. And, but I put that responsibility on myself and that just became such like a huge burden that I didn't even, you know, at like five, six, seven, I didn't even know what like a burden was, but I was just like, okay, well, I'm just gonna like always be okay you know like I can't have any problems I have to be perfect I need to be whatever for everybody else and that just kind of became like my persona if that makes sense like that just became who I was until I went to college and then honestly my senior year was probably the time where I became not quite the loneliest, but I kind of became a loner, even though I had friends. But we were all kind of going through our own things. And they got into like, drugs and alcohol. And I was just being from a small town, I was like, I'm not gonna be a statistic. I don't want to get pregnant young. I don't you know, like I had this, I was also someone who had like a 10 year like plan. <laughs> so I was like, this is my future. This, this is what I need to do. And da 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 da. And so my senior year, I kind of spent a lot of time alone because looking back, I didn't know I needed that, but I was just like, I'm going to do my own thing. And then also my senior year, I got into a, voc a, a vocational high school that's in like uh, Seattle. I'm from Seattle, Washington. So there was this vocational high school that um, I interviewed and got accepted into. So I went to two high schools. So thank God for that, because that kind of like kept me out of trouble. And it was something I was really passionate about, because I ended up going to college for fashion design, and the the school was uh, for fashion and merchandising. And I actually ended up really loving it. And it kind of got me on back on the path that I was supposed to be, because at the end of junior year, it really wasn't obvious to people, but my grades went down. And I was just really struggling my junior year. And so my mom had like talked to me and she was just like, remember your plan. <laughs> and so it was kind of like a nice, like kick to the butt, a nice reminder. I was like, okay, yes. Okay. I can't like stay here. If I stay in this town, I'm not going to be me. Like I've never been me in this town. So I got back on my path, kind of just stuck to myself my senior year to college. And it's funny because I moved to Los Angeles. Like I moved right into downtown and most people are like, you weren't like scared or afraid or like, you know, worried about going to like a big city. And I was like, 
no, I'm like ready for it. Like <laughs> my parents like <laughs> joke, like, uh, you just wanted to get away from us. So I was like, yes, I wanted to get away from like all of Washington state. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. There are great people in Washington state, but it was like the moment that my parents like drove into California and like drove into like Los Angeles County. I felt at home. Mm. Like I just felt completely like this is where I'm supposed to be. And still to this day, I have like some friends who don't, really get that but I'm like oh man it feels like home here like within a week of being in college I made friends from like every state and from multiple countries and back home you know it's a small town so like there's a specific (laughs) type of people you're around you know you get comfortable in your like cliques your friends you grow up with them but and I still love them but moving to Los Angeles, I just had such a great experience and met so many people, like so many great, great people. And there were some that I had so, so many things in common with. And then there are others that like, the only thing we had in common was that like all of us came from different States countries and we came out here to like live our dream, mm-hmm. but that was like enough, you know, and going to a fashion school, I went to FITM fashion Institute of design and merchandising we were like creative people. So it's just like, imagine just like throwing a group of creative people together. And I had never been around so many creative people and everyone had like their own little thing that they were into. Some people wanted to do like mini fashion shows, like in our dorm rooms. And some people were into photography, makeup. You know, there was one girl that um, she was really into like hair. So it's like, being around all these people and they like actually accepted me for me like I didn't have to be be fake I didn't have to like please them they're just like oh that's cool you know I used to get made fun of for being into bridal magazines because I wanted to I went to school to design bridal gowns and like evening dresses that was my dream I used to get made fun of for reading these magazines and when I told them, they're like, oh, that's actually cool. Oh, you read that? And I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it was just for the first time in my life, I could, like, be so open about everything. I could talk about music to, like, the cows came home. And they're like, oh, man, I'm really digging that. Oh, what's that artist? Because I was into, like, a lot of underground music mixed with, like, what was popular. Like, I had a whole, like, mix that, like, they would uh jokingly call me like a dj because i just had (laughs) so many different type of um like albums and so it was just like i found my people and obviously there were people that came into my and left and those friendships were there for a reason but i still have some of my closest friends from college like we talk still to this day and like i'm so thankful that they're in my life because they really did accept me for who I was and I hope that everyone gets that experience because I know there's a lot of people who don't feel like they belong they feel like they have to be a different person but man like leaving my hometown was like the biggest leap I ever made but it was like the best and I'm so glad I took that even though I was from a small town (laughs) and Sometimes people ask me, like, well, why would you, like, move to L.A.? Like, wasn't it scary? And I was like, 
maybe I just didn't feel the pressure. I didn't come out here to be famous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a lot of people mm-hmm. move out here to be like, like acting, singing, dancing, that kind of thing. But I was like, no, I'm just coming here for college. We'll see what happens next. Mm-hmm. So, Oh my gosh. I love that so much. It's, I think it's so relatable because the majority of America is small towns, you know, it's like, like everyone dreams of like Los Angeles and like, it's, it's in all of the movies and it's like so glorified as being like the place where everybody wants to go and like the place of dreams. But most people can relate to her story because they probably grew up not in Los Angeles. And I feel like in small towns, I'm, I'm so I'm also from Colorado from like the Midwest. It wasn't a super small town, but both my parents grew up in Nebraska in very small towns. And so all my family lives in small towns. And I feel like that's kind of where like the most, it's like the most conditioning can take place because especially when you're in a small town, it's like the beliefs and like, it's like your family and like the beliefs of the town and like everything is so more like, um, I just feel like magnified onto people because in a big city, you know, you might not know your neighbors. Like you can walk down the street and like not know everyone. There's like a lot less pressure to be who everyone else wants you to be. We're living in a small town. It's like, like you said, it feels so constricting. And like, if you, you got made fun of for liking bridal magazines, it's like, how is that even weird? But the people in your town thought it was weird. And so they made you feel bad about it. You know, it's just like, so I thought it was just so cool and brave of you to like, your soul knew that like you could not thrive in this town and so you're like oh I'm just ready I'm not even scared I'm just gonna go to a place where I know my soul is calling me and then you found your people like you said and I I think that's such a beautiful um message for people it's like we don't get to choose our family we don't get to choose the people we go to high school with it's like such a small group of people and it's like when we allow ourselves to like move or to explore and try new things it's like we really can find our people who are going to help us evolve and like step into our soul self. So I thought that's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. And I didn't even realize how big of a deal it was until I've had friends come back to me or even like people I knew in high school say like, I really admire that. Like you moved away. Like you went to a big city. Like that's, that's like a huge step. And me I was like oh whatever (laughs) it wasn't wasn't that it wasn't you know a huge thing to me but it's what called to me and originally I actually applied to go to school in London because I have um, a grandmother who was born and raised in London and so I was like oh I always wanted like to have a flat in London and go to school (laughs) so I applied to go to college there but you know being that I was 17 when I moved out here my parents were like we're not gonna let a 17 year old like go all the way to London (laughs) So I was like, okay, I'll I'll stick to the West Coast. And I think back, like, what if I actually went to London? I would not have the same people I have in my life now or the people that I've met. So it's like everything comes in synchronicity. You know, when I look back of like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I've been in Los Angeles for 20 years, 20 years. (laughs) And I have the same roommate that I had in college. And, um, most people are like, I can't believe that happened to you. I was like, I mean, we just had such a great relationship. Like, we're best friends. And, you know, of course, once you find a good roommate in a big city, you got to stick with them. <laughs> yes. So. Oh, my gosh. Do you have your, do you have your G-Center defined? I forget. Or is it undefined? Like, the identity um, center? I don't think I do. Is it, okay, is it undefined? Because I was thinking, like, I'm just trying to think, like, what is it in your design that you 
kind of always, it seems like you always kind of knew who you were. Like, even though like you struggled with like feeling like you weren't really fitting in in your, in the town you lived in, it's like, you kind of like knew that you wanted to go to school. You wanted to like go to fashion school. Like you didn't allow the influence of other people of like drugs and alcohol, like people who move to LA, most people fall in the party scene. It's so easy to fall inside the party scene. So I just think it's so interesting and really beautiful how your soul like always knew to kind of stay on track and not to like be like devoured by that scene, especially in Los Angeles. So it's probably also that you found really good friends that just, you guys had so much in common and you were probably so dedicated to your school I'm just, I don't know. I'm just assuming, but what do you think about that? Um, honestly, I will say, I think my small town raising, uh, helped with that side because I will say I was not sheltered from a lot of things. So, um, I am being that I have a sibling four years older than me. I saw them, like I saw him go through a lot, his friends, and then, my friends so it's like I witnessed a lot at a young age and again it has that like perfectionist and that plan and I like I was such a book nerd like I read so many things like I could if you knew me back then I could like give you so many statistics <laughs> I love that <laughs> um on like drunk driving and like <laughs> pregnancy and like it's you know I laugh at it now but I was like so rigid back then that like no I have a plan and I need to stick to it and so just seeing everybody kind of like going because in in my high school like my grade like my class was a pretty big class I think it started with like 600 kids and then it whittled down to like 400 who graduated and just seeing like by the end of my freshman year to the beginning of my sophomore year I saw a lot of girls um drop out due to like pregnancy addiction that kind of thing and I just saw like it was really heartbreaking and you know for me specifically I just put myself like at a high standard like (laughs) yeah like people would my friends would joke that I was just kind of stuck up you know like Clueless was like my movie where I was like share where I was like I'm not gonna date high school boys I just don't like I have like I can say I was kind of stuck up on some things and had very high standards of myself and because I had an older sibling that went through a lot of stuff he had his own trauma I felt responsible to be perfect you know going back to that perfectionist um, part in me but, like, I felt like I had to be the responsible one. Like, my mom said it, like, I came out of the womb, like, an old soul and, like, very responsible. So, it's in my nature. But I just felt like I had to be not better than everyone, but I had to be, like, here. If my friends were, like, here getting high, I needed to be, like, up here and be, like, the responsible one, like, watching. And, yeah, I just... I, there were a lot of times where I could have fallen into that, but, you know, and not to say I didn't experiment or do anything, but yeah, I just, I, I witnessed a lot of things. And then being that like my close group of friends all went through stuff and I saw them go through challenges with that. And it just, it's such like a, it's such a, like a ugly battle to go through, you know, like as teenagers, you already have so much pressure 
you already have so many insecurities and you know a lot of us don't know who we are we're trying to find ourselves and mm -hmm. then you you mix in like um alcohol and substance and it just makes it even worse and so yeah I just witnessed a lot I was like I'm ready like I I need to get out of here if I stay here I am gonna get into it and because in my family we we do have alcoholism mm -hmm. so my grandmother was always very honest about that and she was just like you know once I was getting ready to go to college she really talked to me about it. she's like you need to be careful and so yeah I think because of this being in a small town and seeing that because you know there's not a lot to do but drink and get high and mm -hmm. have sex and mm -hmm. do all of that um you know I just I was like I I'm not going to be a statistic. That's what I told myself. And um, once I got to LA, it was more of like, I didn't need it. Like, mm -hmm. it it wasn't even necessarily being so comfortable with myself and knowing myself so well, because for 17 years, I'd been someone else. Now I was finally getting to be who I was. And I felt like I didn't need drugs or alcohol to who helped me with that. And that's not to say I didn't drink. I didn't do anything because within like a year of being out here, I did fall into like a depression and I did get into alcohol. Like I, I did end up having a drinking problem. And I just remember going back home and I was talking to my grandma about it. And she was just like, Michelle, you really need to be careful, you know? And I would just joke because I'm Irish and Scottish. And so people are like, oh man, you can like hold your liquor, you know? <laughs> and most people are like, wait, what, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm like East in East LA drinking like tequila shots and like having fun. And they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, it's perfectly fine. And they're like, wait, why are you over there? I was like, it's fine. I'm with some cool guys yeah <laughs> and so so I did have like my moments and um but you know those those all are like learning experiences and realizing that I do have a in a an addictive um personality I have an addictive personality and so just the experiences I had in high school because I ended up having an eating disorder I end up self-harming <laughs> end up I almost had a drinking problem in high school and I could have gotten into drugs but it would have gotten known because it's a small town like people talk especially I had an older brother who like a lot of like my friends and their like friends had siblings in the same grade as my brother so it would get back so it's like oh my god everything has to be, be a, like a secret so it's like I had my moments where I completely was destructive but it was like had to be secretive about it I had to look perfect on the outside and like be fucked up on the inside if that makes sense mm -hmm. so that no that makes so much sense it makes so much sense especially being the younger sibling and then like seeing like what your brother goes through and seeing it all around your town like you're seeing like what alcoholism can turn into or is and so it makes so much sense that it was almost like a coping mechanism that you took on to be the responsible one to be the one like who yeah just like doesn't go down the same path almost like you I think almost like you take care of other people too, or like you said, you know, like you feel like you had to be the responsible one in the group. So it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. 
I was always um, at some point my mom ended up having to work in Seattle, like downtown. So she would get home late and then my dad worked nights. So I would be the one who would cook. And then um, I was into baking. Like that was kind of also like a stress reliever for me. Like I would just like blast music and like bake. And so I was always like baking and like my brother's friends would come over and be like, oh my God, like, let me eat, like, let me eat this. <laughs> like, we're going to go to your house for this. So I did in a way always feel responsible for people, even in my group, I was like the responsible one. And yeah, I just always felt like even my parents, my parents never actually said I needed to be responsible for them, but at a very young age. And this goes back to the inner child work. Like, I felt like I had to take care of them. Even though they never said anything, they never, like, did anything to me. I just always felt, like, an inner knowing of, like, I need to take care of them. Like, these things stressed. Because I was very aware at a young age. And I would pay attention. You know, kids, you're you're meant to be selfish. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you're supposed to be in your own feelings and not pay attention to anything so my brother was always very like into whatever he wanted but I would pay attention to my parents conversations and and this is something I didn't even tell my mom until like I think I was in college or older she was like really you were listening to that and I was like I would listen to them talk about money like I mean kids in general are very intuitive but I would listen to them talk about money I would listen to them like talk about anything and everything I mean they were really good about not fighting in front of us but I just could feel the anxiety around certain conversations Mm -hmm. and anxiety wasn't even a word that was used growing up but like now it's it's used more but there was an anxiety and so I felt it and so I was like man I can't ask for anything because they're like stressed about money like I need to take something off their plate so I'm gonna be okay like that just became the norm. You know, mm-hmm. my parents were just like, Oof, we don't have to worry about you, Michelle, because like, you're always okay. And that's something that I really had to work on in this past year or so of like, what does that mean to me? Because they didn't mean it like that. But they and they really loved me and they tried their best. But any parent who has more than one kid, like you kind of have to choose a kid and who to put first. And I kind of just saw that my brother needed more attention because of what he went through. So I kind of always, I put myself like at the very last, like I put myself at the bottom and I just was like, okay, I don't need that. Mm-hmm. like I don't need them in that way like I love my parents but I didn't I don't need them that way and I need to be okay for them so it's almost like in a way I conditioned myself for that mm-hmm. I I love that you talk about that too because so many people um I feel like when they're kids like their parents 
you're you don't have to have a really crazy upbringing where like your parents are fighting or there's like abuse or like you know a lot of us just have normal childhoods where like we really our parents did the best they could and it seemed very normal but there were subtle things that we noticed especially as being sensitive beings being so intuitive you have the undefined emotional solar plexus so you're taking in and amplifying all of the feelings so it's like when you're hearing their conversations about money it's like you feel their stress it's not just that you're like even conceptualizing it because you probably didn't even understand like money problems but you were feeling like what they were feeling and so that made you feel like not good and so it's like I feel like that's why me too having that undefined it's like that also what leads to so many people pleasing tendencies because it's like we don't like the feeling of being discomfort or like having other people have certain emotions so it's like we always want to be the harmonizer and like like you said like you're allowing them to like give your brother attention and like you'll just be here because you just want like everything to just kind of be in harmony and so it's like your parents didn't do anything wrong like there was no abuse or neglect and so often we think that like oh I must not have any trauma or I must not be affected by how I grew up because my childhood seemed normal but there are so many subtle things that we feel that it doesn't feel good and so I love that you talked about that because I think a lot of people can relate to that yeah and I know a lot of people because even my friends who have more than one sibling always felt you know like one of them was a middle child and like had that middle child syndrome and people just always like felt left out or like not loved enough. And it's like, I always knew my parents loved me and they tried their best. Like you, even you said, um, they tried their best, but at some point I'm like, they're going to have to choose between us. And so I'm going to let them choose him. Like, I'm not even going to put myself in the equation. I'm going to take myself out. So I kind of was always a loner in a sense and I don't know if that has to do with my Scorpio moon (laughs) but (laughs) like I was very yeah I was very like emotionally alone so yeah that that just became something I was so used to and you know now like everyone's talking about like Wednesday Adams and I was like oh man growing up with the original one I was like I loved Wednesday Adams I was like I was not affectionate I did not like talking about my problems my emotions <laughs> I was like I related to her so much and it's you don't even realize like the conditioning around that like there's little things that you don't think about that are conditioned like it's your family your environment you know trauma that happened any little thing could do it and you know going back about my hometown it's small and it's not a terrible town like it's idyllic (laughs) you know (laughs) um to grow up in but yeah I was at a very young age and I guess looking back like it was like my soul my intuition that I cut off knew but it spoke through like as soon as my parents told me when I was like nine or ten like you can be anything you want. You could go anywhere you want. I was like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where I'm going, but I'm leaving. And they're like, oh, you want to leave us? I was like, yes. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you, okay. So you go to FITM, you move to LA, you're going to FITM. What comes next? Like what, what was it like graduating college? Like, did you have like, um, any struggles like in that area like was that difficult or like how how was that time in your life yes it was 
literally as soon as I graduated college, I had issues with health. And I think it's like even in my human design chart that I that I could have health issues. Um, I'm trying to think which one it is, but um, yeah, um, even in when I was in college, I ended up getting like really sick, and with like some random like, like virus that I guess you only get like once in a lifetime, and so weird. Um, I can't even spell it. <laughs> um, but then as soon as I graduated college, um, I did an internship and some things happened. And for the first time in my life, I ended up having like migraines every day. And then I ended up having anxiety. Like I've kind of had anxiety throughout the years. Like, especially, you know, all teenagers kind of have anxiety, but I never really felt it like that. And I ended up having panic attacks, like, while I was driving. Like, still to this day, I kind of, like, don't really like to drive. I mean, I do, but it, like, it, you know, obviously there's cars going by you, but as cars were going by me, I would be like, oh, my God, am I going to die? Like, every car that drove my, like, man, and I'd be, like, on the five going to, like, Long Beach from, like, downtown <laughs> for this internship, and I was, like, having a panic attack along the way and I was like I just have to get there like I have something to do like I ignore again this is me being conditioned and ignoring my intuition so it's like ignoring everything that was going around going on around me I was like I just have to like do this internship I have to work hard follow this path and then my migraines got so bad so bad that I just couldn't do the internship anymore and I I just stopped but once that anxiety once that like trauma was out of my life they didn't go away like still to this day I have migraines every day but how how they've evolved is just so interesting because I didn't think much about it back then and and then you know my life became a rashless, you know, my main doctor for like eight years was a neurologist. And then, you know, that's like a whole other podcast episode talking about like dealing with doctors because that like created its own trauma mm-hmm. and people just like ignoring you and being like, oh, like you're kind of a stupid girl is kind of how they played it off. Mm-hmm. And my neurologist still to this day was the only one who listened to me because everyone else was like, your weight is causing your migraines. So I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not it. But like, I, I get I should I should lose weight. And then I finally talked to my neurologist who was like, you lost like, almost 50 pounds. Did that help? I was like, well, I mean, I felt physically better, but my migraines didn't go away. She's like, that, that, that isn't it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I tried everything like under the sun to the point like people would text me and be like, I saw this documentary about this person who gets like migraines and it was like from a tumor I thought of you and I was like oh Oh my goodness (laughs) I I became that person that like weird things that couldn't be explained people thought of me and so from that day forward it's like I've had this extremely long journey with having health issues and a lot of it is now can be traced back to trauma and like holding on to that trauma and like what it really means. And the part about it is 
like with my migraines, it actually messed with like my sketching ability. Like I used to be able to do like flat sketching by hands and then like on the computer, I couldn't do that. Like I couldn't really sketch very well after like a year or two and then I couldn't stand computers. Um, I've had to condition myself to deal with computer. Like looking at a computer screen makes me sick, like nauseous, but I've had to condition myself because I need a job or need jobs. Mm -hmm. um, so it's, it's just like one health issue after another. And then um, I ended up, I ended up having like a small like seizure when I was in the bathroom. Like I was taking a shower and I literally had such a painful migraine that like I blacked out in the shower. And that kind of gave me like a whole like epiphany of like, what am I doing with my life? Like what I had to have been like 24, 25 at the time. And it's such a trippy experience. And I'm not saying people need to go out and have this experience, but um, I blacked out and I could feel myself like falling, like sliding down the wall. And at some point I couldn't breathe because I was like directly under the water. Like I was drowning. Oh my and it was like a voice inside my head was like Michelle like open your eyes like move and I looked up and I was like oh my god but for like probably five minutes straight like I could only just kind of like get to the edge of the tub I couldn't remember who I was like I didn't know where I was like looking around my bathroom I was like it was foreign I was like wow it kind of gave me a new like perspective Cause at this point I'd kind of like gone back into like a depression and I just wasn't like grateful for anything. And so it gave me a perspective of like, life really is short, like shit, like what is this? And then I talked to my neurologist and she was like, Oh, it sounds like you had like a small seizure, like in the, in the bathroom. Luckily I haven't had one since, but that was just such a moment that I'll never forget because I was like, imagine not remembering who you are like at the core and just like not knowing your surroundings. I was home alone too. Uh -huh. So I was just in like such a daze afterward. And I remember calling my friend and she's like, you need to call like 911 or something. I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. And that goes back to conditioning of like, I always have to be fine. Like I was like, no, no, I'm fine. Like I, like sat down for 30 minutes I'm cool <laughs> and wow. it, it was just yeah it was such a moment and then going forward you know I was grateful and then I kind of fell down into a spiral of like I, it was like every other year of being depressed and then like another health condition would happen and then something else would happen they'd be like oh now your migraines cause this and now your migraines cause this and I was like what the hell and you know um another time was one of the treatments because I I took like over 30 different medications wow. over the course of eight years and at the time they didn't have a lot of research I was 22 when I started getting migraines they did have like they had zero research for young women in that age group they were only doing testing and like getting statistics on like 50 and up, like you were, or people of menopause. So I was taking 
medications that like at the time they didn't even have a medication for migraines directly. Now I think it's like free they have. But I was taking like anti-seizure medication. I was taking heart medication, blood pressure medication. At some point I took dementia medication. Oh and my goodness. What what was that for? That it's just because they did studies and found that it took away symptoms of migraines. Oh, so the only reason why they, yeah, they would use all these different medications because they found during like the research that it took a, away migraines for people. So they would use them as migraine medication. And, you know, and a lot of people take like multiple of it, like they'll take two to three medications and there was at some point because I will say in the beginning I had a different neurologist and she was like well let's let's go on like a natural like path like let's see what we can do without like the heavy medications so I mean we looked at everything like still to this day we don't know what my exact trigger is I mean I know it was like stress and anxiety like there was like a traumatic event that caused it and we like took out like I changed my like laundry detergent. I like changed like my sheets. Like I I changed like perfume that I was using. Stop wearing perfume. My lotion. Like I tried everything, and then like taking vitamins, all of that, and nothing worked. And um, one of the treatments was like magnesium through IV. Oh. And I just remember that being a moment because. I showed up for it. And I don't know what I was expecting, but again, I think I was like 25 or so when I, when uh, this happened and everyone around me was getting treatment for something else. Cancer, some kind of like illness. And I just remember sitting around looking at all these people and be like, okay, I have to be like grateful for the position I'm in because like I could be in their situation. And I remember the nurse was like, Oh wow, you're a young one. <laughs> like you're young, like being in here. Like I was the youngest one. And um, yeah, it was just such a um, rounding moment where again, at that point I was just so sick of like all the testing. Like I literally got used to having my blood taken like every other week. <laughs> I knew like what arm was the best to take blood from like it was just such an experience that I was just like so miserable but then it was almost like a reminder of like you could be so much worse off and not to say that like my migraines and what I was going through didn't matter but I did that for like maybe six months and just like going in there and seeing that was just like it kind of reminded me of how precious life was. I was like, okay, Michelle, you can like get through this. This is this is gonna help you. And it didn't end up working out. Um, but yeah, I was just that was, was another experience that still stays with me. Wow, that is crazy. I also just want to say that. It's like you can't even minimize your experience compared to like, you know, compared to like the people who have cancer, because if some people have never experienced a migraine, they will never know the pain and like 
the debilitating effects of a fucking migraine. Like I'm also prone to migraines. I do not get them like you every day, but when I get them, they are debilitating and I, you're nauseous, you're sensitive to light. It's like, it's so hard to do anything. Like you said, look at the computer to drive. And so having migraines every single day is just insane. Like that is such a painful experience. And so like, yeah, I just want to say that because I know, like, for example, my boyfriend's never experienced headaches. Like, he's never had one. And so he doesn't understand. Like, he just, people who haven't had it, they don't understand the pain and what it actually does to you. And I think, especially you having them every day, you probably really, like, uh, you probably became so good at, like, hiding it towards other people or, like, trying not to make it such a big deal. And like you said, just kind of, like, living with it and trying to, like, move forward that it was... I don't know. Do you feel like you had to do that? Like you had to try to just like, okay, I'm having this every day. So I still have to function. And you kind of just find a way to like go through life feeling like shit. Yes. You said it perfectly. And, um, and it's such a good thing that you said that not to minimize, cause that I will say that's something like being someone who has to be responsible and perfectionist. Like I will be like, Oh, well I don't have it as bad as that other person. Like, they had it way worse. So like, I should be grateful. That's something that I'm still like accepting that like, it's okay to accept that I've been through a lot of shit. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's not like anyone has ever made me feel like I had to, I felt like I had to because like, I'm like, people don't want to hear that I feel like shit every day. You know, like, I was getting good at like, not saying, Oh, yeah, I'm good. Like when people would ask how I was doing, but then like, after like years of having migraines it's like people really don't want to hear that like I have a migraine right now and I really don't want to fucking talk to you like (laughs) you know like I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings I don't want to you know it's just like worrying about like everyone else except myself because like I'm so used to it like I have a very high pain tolerance like I have I still have them every day but like before you know 10 years ago it would be like between an eight and a 10 because they go on a scale of one to 10 pain mm-hmm. it'd be like an eight to 10 pain and now it's like four or five because I've gotten so used to them they are the same but I've gotten so used to them and when they go up I'm like what is causing it there's something like I've had to really figure out what it all means so yeah, when people ask like how I'm doing, it's it's like, uh, I don't know. Like, what do I say? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, okay. Like luckily, you know, my roommate best friend, she knows me. So she's like, Oh, are you not feeling well? I was like, Oh, I have a migraine. And she just knows. She's like, okay. And leaves it at that. She's like, Oh, she'll leave me alone. Or even friends who have been around, like, oh, I have a migraine. And they're like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. We'll leave you. Um, the downside to it is that you kind of become very antisocial. Like, again, whether it's like in my human design chart, being a Libra sun, like I can go through my phases of like, I like to be around people and I like to socialize. I don't like being in big groups, but I like being around people and just like having conversations. Like I connect with people like that. And then I go through my moments where like I need to be alone, which I actually am figured out this year that Libras do need their alone time like being a generator I do need my alone time to like recharge 
And that's something that I've accepted this year. Like, okay, it's, I don't have to be like on it for everyone. But I became very isolated. And it's, I isolated myself, but having migraines, and even just any kind of health condition, it's just very isolating. And it just made, made me very antisocial because besides like it messing up like my sketching abilities and like work and career, like I had to like totally switch my career. Again, I was the person who had a life plan and it completely did like a 180 on it. So I just had to take like whatever job I could get. And it's like, I just fell into the customer service and it wasn't really what I wanted, but like I was good at it. <laughs> and I'm a, you know, I was a friendly person. I was polite. I was approachable. So that was like a whole thing. And then just not talking to people a lot because then it messed with, um, like you brought up like light sensitivity, um, talking to people, like my speech, even mm-hmm. still today, it messes with my speech. Like I got very self-conscious about my speech because it also would actually affect my memories too. Like I could still to this day, I could like stop mid-sentence and forget what I'm saying or I'll forget like a word. So I became very self-conscious and I just felt like I was stupid. And obviously I'm not stupid, but you just start to feel like no one wants to talk to me or no one will want to talk to me. So I'm not going to put myself in that situation. Granted, no one ever treated me terrible. Everyone's always been very like nice. At the time, they don't even notice when I stumble over my words because they're doing it too <laughs> so mm-hmm. I've learned like obviously we're more like aware of ourselves than other people but you know I just became very antisocial for a very long time it really wasn't until I started like DCI Dharma Coaching Institute and had to like actually get into groups like breakout rooms and I was so self-conscious at first and then even like meeting with people and like through other programs I've taken, like start to talk and use my voice and like, oh, wow, it like feels good. And I can talk to people and I'm not stupid and I'm not, you know, so it was like, it really was like this whole journey, this long time of just being to myself. Hmm. Oh my goodness. It's crazy too, because you also have the undefined throat. And so me too. And that can make us feel like, we, we like the words don't come out right. Like we sound stupid or like also just depending on like whose energy we're in, it can just make us like feel like we don't know what we're saying. So I hundred percent like relate to that. And also before I joined DCI and like other programs I was in, I was so self-conscious to even be on video, like, um, before the pandemic and I had to start using video, like for work, like zoom calls and stuff. I never was someone who FaceTimed, like everyone in my life, like FaceTimed people. And I was like, why would you do that? Like, I hated the sound of my voice. I hated looking at myself, hearing any recording of myself was like horrendous. And so um, I just think it's so cool, the power of self-development work and like healing through community and like joining really cool programs like Dharma Coaching Institute and, you know, just being with like-minded people and like seeing that it is safe and like comfortable to be ourselves. And it's like, I don't know, like when we talk, I just love that, you know, we both went through Dharma Coaching Institute and then we connected more in the the spiritual leap community through Keeley's community, which I'm so happy for. And it's like, just talking with you feels so good that I would never think that you were someone who 
like used to not want to like you know not be in the mood to talk to other people or like you know wouldn't be confident or like would isolate yourself and I went through all of those same things too so it's just crazy how like these programs can really help us like evolve into like who we were as a child it's like we're going back to kind of who we were as a child and like you know getting lit up again by like our soul's like path and stuff so can you talk about like dharma coaching institute and like did you know that you wanted to be a coach or were you doing it more to find your purpose in the beginning definitely more to find my purpose because i would say my self-love journey started at like 35 like 34 35 because i was just at a job that was like toxic (laughs) and I was just like is this my life I'm sure a lot of people have had that moment where you're just like looking around and you're like is this my life and I know for some people like loving their job isn't necessary but I was just like there's gotta be more to life and before doing Dharma Coaching Institute I was in IIN and um I took a health coaching course there and I, I joined that for um, migraines, like to learn about my health. I didn't want to like be a coach at all. Like <laughs> When they talked about it, I was like, no, not at all. But like towards the end of it, you had to actually do like group coaching and practice. And I was like, maybe I could do this. Like I'm really good at listening to people. And then um, Sahara Rose was, I guess, teacher in they had a module on Ayurveda and I was like never heard of it before it was so interesting and of course like there was a quiz she had where you could figure out if you were like Vata Pizza (laughs) and um I was just yeah I was like "Ooh, I love me a good quiz (laughs) and then I really loved her her talk so I like got her book read about Ayurveda of course people around me were like what the hell are you into now? Because I mean, just throughout my entire life, I've always kind of like jumped to different like subjects because I just love, I'm a nerd. I love learning things. Mm -hmm. So I will just like read random shit, you know, like Mm -hmm. when I got my migraines and like was talking to my, to my neurologist, I started reading like neurology magazines. Like, (laughs) of course, I had to, like, look up every other word because I was like, what is this word? But, like, I read, like, health (laughs) journals and was, like, trying to figure stuff out. So it's just, like, I'm always, like, reading something, like, totally on the other, like, spectrum of what I'm, like, into. So, um, yeah, I started, like, reading her stuff. Like, then she came out with her book, like, Discover Your Dharma. And I was like, holy shit, like, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm meant for more. And I know a lot of people like have those epiphanies and then whatever. It's like, I had been hearing that, like, probably since I turned 30, that like, I was meant for more. And then even going back to like childhood, like, I knew when I was really young that I was like, I'm meant for more than this town. Like, I'm meant for more than this. But people thought I was, like, being stuck up when I said that. But I was like, no, something is, like, guiding me that I meant for more. But, like, I lost all that, like, intuition and stuff. And then taking, um, reading her book, and then she came out with, like, a 21-day course that um, 
I was like, no, I'm like really meant for more. Like over the years, like my voice in this uh, getting louder about it. And I was just like, okay, I want to help people. But that's so generic, right? <laughs> you want to help people. But when the GCI started, um, I was so excited because it was like, I ended up kind of being really into whatever Sahara Rose like talked about. And not to like fangirl on her, but it was like, she really was like into music and I was into music. And another thing with my migraines, because I had them, like I would get migraines um, like worse from like listening to music because it's like noise. So I actually like really just connected from music for a long time. Like I didn't look up like new artists. I barely listened to the radio. It was just like radio assignment when it came to music. But then she came back, um, like music came back into my life and she like reintroduced it. She was just like into like the 90s rap, like, (laughs) you know, early 2000s and that music. And I'm like, okay, I graduated in 2003. So I was like, oh man, she listens to like all my music dancing I was like really into dancing like I'm not good at dancing but I really expressed myself when I was younger through like dancing and like in my room by myself like no one knew about it but there was just all these things that like I really resonated with what she said and then when she talked about you know family trauma and like ancestral like healing I was like what what is that like there's just all these little introductions to things and yeah I just I took her, her 21 day course was like, that's cool. And then when she um, announced that she was doing the school, I was like, I want in, like, I don't know what it's about, but I want in. And again, I, I did it not necessarily thinking I was going to be a coach. Um, after like maybe a month, I was like, okay, let me like create a plan of like what I'm going to do. So again, I had this plan of what mm-hmm. I was going to do. And it was like, oh, I'm going to be a coach. And like, fuck my job, whatever. And it didn't work out like that. <laughs> because, <laughs> you know, um, you know, this was like during the pandemic. And, and I joked with like my coworkers, I was like, shoot, I'm like gonna come out of this pandemic with like five, but like, I just, I realized that um, I, I loved learning because like, I stopped like reading a lot. I stopped just doing a lot of things because of my migraines. And I realized that it was a part of my mental health, like learning, taking courses, like personal development. And I really enjoyed it. But, you know, you get into like one thing and then you're introduced to another and then another because there's so many different modalities but I was like that's interesting okay let me take that course oh that's interesting let me take that course so I end up like signing up for multiple courses at the same time as DCI and so I was still like working like 10 hour days and then I had homework after and it was more of like I was spending so much time keeping up with it that like I didn't really get to like dive into it like really like live each teaching and like think about it I loved it all but um I just wasn't as connected to it as I wanted to be and I didn't really like I didn't make any friends because I was in like the first cohort I didn't make any friends I was just again like 
I felt very self-conscious and I was just like, shit, all these people are like showing up and like doing this. And I can't like, I have to work at these times of like the calls and like, I can't do the group, you know, um, I end up, thankfully I ended up being assigned to coach Fran for like the, the separate coaching circles. Mm-hmm. So it was like at seven in the morning, my time. And I think it was like, um, later for her because she was in uh, uh, Costa Rica but um, thankfully I got assigned to that because she she just has such like compassion and grace and really held space for us and it was really doing that program I had such a like safe experience even though I put I put a lot of pressure on myself um, it was it was the first time I'd really been in a program where like everyone was there to like make the world better. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, man, I'm a part of something special. And granted as like all, all three co-founders had such a great message and had their own personal stories, but really they created something so special that like, we all want to make the world better like we were all taking the action to make it better, be better, like for ourselves and finding like healing because a lot of people just find healing doing this. And I, I would say, take the course or take not even specifically DCI, but take any course just for the personal development, even if it's just like a coaching course for like finding a different career because in every course that I've taken, the the self development part is like it's worth the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like you have to go in deep, and you really have to start healing and, and do the work. And it's hard. It is very very hard. But healing ourselves, like for us simply is going to make the world better in itself. And I really, really am grateful for the experience. So then after DCI, um, I ended up kind of just like getting lost in different courses and then not feeling like I was good enough for it. Like I had that imposter syndrome and then like the limiting beliefs of not being good enough that I've had since you know childhood mm-hmm. and I kind of was just like lost within these different courses because then I was like okay on one hand I love learning this but then on the other hand I was kind of like distracting myself like how can I fix myself with these courses like mm-hmm. how can I you know um how can I like figure out what I want to be and who I want to be and I was almost searching in these courses, which I don't regret any of them, but I was searching for them to tell me who to be. And man, if no one has ever been on like a spiritual awakening, (laughs) it's like, you really can't force anything. You know, there's, there's like that quote, like you want to make God laugh, like tell him your plans because, (laughs) you know, (laughs) there's just, you can't you can't plan everything like still to this day I try to plan everything and it doesn't work out (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure there's like a version of you if you want to make the universe laugh tell me your plans but um 
yeah so I've just I've gone on this journey of like okay I really need to just accept myself for myself and you know that's part of the self-love journey is accepting yourself and also forgiving that's a big Mm. one like forgiving yourself for everything it's like when you look back you know because again I was like 34 35 I've been through a lot of shit and looking back I was like I did a lot of shit to myself like I literally had so much like self-esteem issue I had um negative self-talk like I was that person that like even just just being at work I would mess something up and be like shit Michelle like you're so stupid like how the fuck could you mess that up like okay fix it fix it and man I just I really had to become aware of what I was saying to myself because when I actually became aware and then paid attention to what I was saying to myself I was like man, I like say so many negative things to myself, like a hundred to like 200 times a day. Mm. Like, who does that? And, you know, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. Um, But yeah, I was just like, you're so stupid. Like the fuck, like you're never like, this is why you're stuck where you are. Like anything you can think of, I said to myself. Um, And really just being aware of that first was like the first step, like becoming aware of it and then actually like documenting it. Like I actually just like documented it for like a few days and was just like, shit, this is what I said to myself. Um, And like, this is how many times? And then like just stopping it. I wasn't like obsessed with like, okay, I need to tell myself one nice thing because at that point I was like, I can't think of anything nice to say about myself. Like, that's how far, like, gone I was. Like, that's how much, like, I hated myself. And I just started with, like, let's just stop the negative talk. And then after a while of doing that, then I would be like, okay, find one nice thing to say. Or how can you reframe this? When you want to say to yourself, like, you fucked up, how can you reframe that? And so I started reframing it, like, okay, well, you were in a hurry and you have like 20 things you were told to do at once. Of course, you're going to mess up and da 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 So, you know, it it didn't always work, but, you know, just starting with like very simple things and forgiving myself for that because then I judged myself for doing that to myself for so long. And, man, that's probably like the biggest release of all is forgiving yourself and giving yourself like compassion and grace because I think that's that's really the hardest thing for us to do as humans like we can give people compassion all day long you know we can give it freely for people and have empathy and have that but for ourselves I mean most of us are you know they say we are our own worst critics like we are and you really have to let that go and you know it's not easy you know I still have my days but um having compassion for yourself is such a gift for yourself you know if anything Mm -hmm. oh my god I love all of that so much and I love how it's like 
I also am someone who loves taking a thousand courses and like doing all the programs. And I thought that when I took DCI, like that was going to be the thing. And then like, I was going to become a coach and like, leave my job, like you said, and like start this business. And it, I realized that we talked about this in a different time that DCI was really just the catalyst kind of for us. And like, now we're on this, like, now we see that it's not just this thing, like, it's not a program that's going to fix us, or we're not just going to get everything solved from this certification. But it's like, we just both really freaking love learning. And so just like having that awareness that like, we're going to be lifelong learners, we're just getting all of these tools. And there's not really anywhere that we're like arriving to. It's kind of just like the journey of us just like unfolding and like learning who we are at the soul level. And I love so much what you said about like, having the awareness because it's like we can learn all of these different tools like meditation and all of these different things but if we're not even aware of how we're talking to ourselves I think everyone can relate to negative self-talk it's like it's so ingrained in us I totally agree like myself is the worst critic like no one else is talking to us or like telling us that our dreams can't be true maybe some people do have like unsupportive parents or like unsupportive partners but we're really the ones in our mind that are limiting ourselves from being a leader or like stepping into our dreams. It's literally just ourselves. So I love what you said about having awareness and then having compassion and forgiveness because you're so right. It's like, once you start realizing how you talk to yourself or realize like, oh, I'm the reason I'm at where I'm at. It's so easy to get judgmental on ourselves, but then to just be like, oh, like it's okay. Like I wouldn't talk to anybody else like that or even just like seeing ourselves as like a little girl it's like we wouldn't talk to ourselves like that or we would have so much more compassion so I love that so much of like having the compassion and like for you what do you feel like where do you feel like things are moving like where do you feel the most excited about right now in life like what do you feel lit up about like where do you feel like you are stepping into that's a good question. Um, I would say like getting back to the little Michelle who had her intuition. You know, I went to the highest self weekend back in June and it was such a good experience because it touched on your inner child and then teenage rage. So I'm like, well, my teenage rage like had a lot. She kept in. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like that intuition, because again, like I was someone who who ignored my intuition for so long. I led with my head instead of my heart from, you know, my inner being for so long. I like lived with like, I gotta be logic. Like, again, I went to school for fashion design. Like I'm a creative person at the heart. And it's something I've connected, like reconnected to in the past like year or so. But like, I lived in this logical side of me, like this logical part that's like, no, you got to do this, you got to do this, and you got to do this, like, you got to earn your spot, like, on this planet, you got to, like, work hard, you got to do this, you got to earn, like, I was obsessed with, like, earning stuff, because I, like, felt like I had to contribute something, or, you know, my parents, favorite things telling us growing up was, like, oh, if you work hard, you can get whatever you want, I still think that's true to this day, but like, I took it as like, well, if you don't work hard, you don't deserve anything. So it's really like deconditioning all of that. And, you know, the, the conditioning that a lot of generators have around like that 
that work like we are like worker bees we love like to work like I can't imagine like not working you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um like you know you just like you if I have a day off, I'm like, this is just so weird. Like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you just get so obsessed with like that conditioning of like, I got to work, 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 work. Even if, you know, we're so conditioned to like, not like our job, you got to keep working. Like, obviously you need to pay bills, but you don't give two thoughts about not liking your job. Like, what is that actually doing to you? And I really didn't understand the human design aspects like DCI introduced me to it. But, you know, I had so many different things I was learning that I forgot. I was like, oh, I'll go back to this and like learn about it. And I I really think it was you brought it up in like soul and strategy class that I was like, oh, human design. Oh, I'm I'm loving like her vibe when she's talking about it. Like, let me look up my chart again. (laughs) And like just learning um, how generators are conditioned that I was like, holy shit, what? Like, I'm not fired up about this. Like, I can actually, like, be fired up about something. Like, that's what, like, that's, (laughs) like, that's what I'm, like, here to do. I I was like, what's a sacral? Like, what? Like, you know, I was so, even after learning about that, you know, in the chakra system, I was just so conditioned that, like, I was just like, oh, I can, like, never be fixed. So, like, I can't, I can't, like, be happy with it. But, like, little by little, like, deconditioning that and learning to listen to my intuition. And it all really started with, like, when I got the email that Sahara Rose was doing the DCI, I was like, yes. Like, now I can look back and be like, oh, that was, like, my sacral Mm -hmm. (laughs) talking to me. I got it and I was like, yes, that's an automatic yes. Like, I don't know how I'm going to pay for it, but like, I want this. And then because a few people had explained like, oh, when you're like lit up, you like hear noises or it like might be a noise or you like, you feel something. I was like, I don't, like, I don't feel that. <laughs> and they're like, oh, well maybe you, you can, you know, dig deeper. And so I was like, what does that mean? And so it was this voice, like really teeny tiny voice deep down that was like more like whispering. <laughs> and then as I like practiced this and it, it started um, listening to my intuition started with getting Oracle decks and pulling a card from my like every day. I didn't really like have thinking of what it meant. I just hate on it. Louder and louder and louder. My intuition. I was like, who is that? What? What is that? And man, it's been such a journey. Like, reconnecting with my intuition like it's it's a beautiful process for anyone who feels that they're disconnected or even going on their own journey to reconnect with the intuition I know so many people who are they're like oh I've always been connected to my intuition I'm like well shit (laughs) like I'm so behind but you know at the end of the day it's it's not a race like we all have our own journey with it and 
you know, I just love learning that. And then as I've been more open to the process and been more open to like the spirituality. And then, you know, like you said, when we were talking about spiritual awakening, I'm like, DC, I was like our intro class to it. And then now ever since then, I just had more and more and more like situations that come up where I'm like, have I lost faith in myself? Okay, what is this? Okay, cool. That's like a sign. And took me on to like a course that um, I actually took a course for self-love because I was like, I felt like that was the thing that was missing. So that's something that I feel very, you know, pulled to, to talk about. So I took a course on um, self-love and it was just, it was another special course that really connected me with like rituals. Like I didn't know what rituals really were until this course and how it could be sacred in creating that for myself. So really with this past year, like literally a year ago, I was like, I really feel, I'm feeling pulled to do like rituals all the time. Oh, like Oracle readings are a ritual? What? So, um, yeah, I've just been on this, this journey of surrendering because again, I've tried to like force every step of the way of like, okay, figure this out. Like, is this my path? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, no, 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 that's not it. Okay, is this my purpose? Oh, no, no, that's not it. And when I feel like, um, and I think you've talked about this before in a, in a podcast episode, but like when you, when you're first starting on like a path to figuring out your purpose, you, you think your career, it's like, it's going to catapult you to like this whole big experience and your purpose doesn't necessarily mean it is your career. Like as you go through it, you do kind of realize like, man, my purpose my purpose is to be me. It's like be me living here to be. And within the last few months, I've really like gone deep. And man, I've had such like a rock bottom moment that I've gone deep. And I'm like, I made a contract to come here to heal. Like that is my purpose in this mm-hmm. lifetime. And through um, through the self-love course, I ended up getting trained to be a holy Reiki fire um, level one and two. And we did this initiation ceremony and it was like so intense, like so crazy. Again, if you had told me this was going to happen five years ago, it would have been like, you are high. <laughs> but the ceremony was so special that like I, it's, it's like it opened up like a portal to like, I saw my ancestors, um, like my female ancestors. I saw the female past lives. I connected to my highest self and I saw people that had passed away, like loved ones that are no longer here. And now to this day, I can actually call them in whenever I need them. Like they are part of my purpose. Like I've actually had past life regressions where I've actually seen it lit up like a map of the world I've seen it lit up where like all my past lives were so I've had like a hundred or more past lives and it's like all of it is like an integration in this life 
to learn because I had so much taken away from me. Um, I've had so many things happen to me in this past life. And then even in this life and ancestral trauma and all that, that like they are here to help guide me to heal. And by healing, my mission is to heal. And by healing, it's going to help other people heal. Like by using my voice, you know, being on podcasts like this and starting my own podcast, which will be soon. Um, it's it's going to create like a, a greater like effect, you know, a ripple effect of we're all healed. We are all here to heal and, you know, love ourselves, like live live to our fullest and really just accept that you know we are our own soulmate like first and foremost because in this life I've lived for other people in past lives I've lived for other people (laughs) it's it's insane so right now I'm being called to really just surrender like quit trying to figure it out like don't take any more courses (laughs) (laughs) even you know for personal growth like with that but trying to like figure out what I'm supposed to do because I've had so many epiphanies with like my spiritual journey and especially you know we've talked about this with the reading you gave me on my birthday for like (laughs) Jinkies Mm -hmm. was just so amazing that I've had so many synchronicities like pop up since then of like oh my god and I'm like I hope I'm not bothering her too much by telling her this (laughs) (laughs) Mm, I love it no and even I got chills when you were talking right now and talking about um the ceremony you were in and like seeing your ancestors because I forget what gene key it is I wish I had it pulled up so we can like reference it but I know a part of your gene keys there was one where like you are so connected to your ancestors and like you are here to like literally help heal the world and to like see what's like not necessary anymore and like create new ways from it so you are someone who's highly connected to your intuition and you have all of these gifts and like it's just like it's so cool it's so cool to it's so cool for you to like have these personal experiences and then when we can actually look at like your gene keys or your human design and like it's in the blueprint of your soul it's like holy shit it just makes it so much more exciting for me too as someone who's obsessed with like these systems because it's like you cannot make this up like okay even when you were telling me how I love this so much when you were telling me how you went back and looked at the ebook and like saw like the name of the gene key. And then, you know, you like, you looked it up and like read it from the source material and had a literal visceral experience. And we were talking about how we kind of have the same thing where it's like, it's almost like everything stops. And you said it's like everything like rushes to your head. And like, it's like, for me, everything kind of stops around me. And it's like this out of body knowing that I'm like, holy shit, like, this resonates so much and everything starts to make sense. It's like, I can see all of these things from my past coming together to this one moment that's like confirming this gene key. And I'm like, wow, this is fucking crazy. And that is literally our genes upgrading because it's like, as we understand the wisdom of the gene keys and like, we're able to understand our shadow, accept it. And then we're able to step into the gift and then, excuse me. And then the city frequency, it's like, we learn about it like by reading the book or having a reading, but then it's in our real life, like later on in the weeks or months and years where we have these experiences and we're like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. And then like our DNA is literally upgrading. And it's like, once we're upgrading, like we don't go back, we just keep upgrading. So I just thought that was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, and it's like during my reading, I had so many like moments where I was like, totally resonate with that. Totally. Yeah. Yep. That's me. Yep. Like I would, I'm totally like the shadow aspect of, of the Jen Keys at the moment. And just having that reading and like learning, okay, like I'm not fucked up. Like there's nothing wrong with me. That That's a shadow that I'm stuck in. And by doing this and being like, being aware of it is like, man, it's, it's so powerful because I didn't really, you know, I loved all of it, but when we went over the, it's gate 61, the Holy of Holies. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. But then like, literally it was like the next day or the two days later, I was like eating my breakfast before going to work. And I just was like, let me look at this PDF. And I was like, Oh, it's like really pretty. And I love it. And I was drawn to like, scrolling and I was drawn to the page where it talked about it and I was like is it again I was like oh stink like holy of holies and it's sanctity and so and I literally just like got the urge to google it and it said creativity there's like some quote like basically creativity is what's gonna help heal mass psychosis because psychosis was the was the shadow and I was like what the fuck (laughs) it was like and I just accepted that like I'm a creative person again and reconnected with that and I'm like love everything creative and I was like what and (laughs) like I just kept reading more about it and I was like you know and at first I was like what does sanctity even mean and they're like oh sacred and I was like oh I've been like really into my spirituality and sacred practices and I was like I'm really drawn to like create rituals for people I don't know what that means and I was just like holy shit mm-hmm. <laughs> just had this epiphany I was like it's all coming together it's literally written in my DNA that it's spiritual and like there's a sacredness and you know a few years ago I never even used the word sacred like <laughs> never used it before same with like embodiment like there's certain words that I never used like three years ago and these words I'm like I have such a connection to now and it's like by living in our fullest expression like being ourselves and not trying to put myself in a box because that's something that I never wanted to put myself in a box but like I had to to like survive like that was survival mode back in my hometown and then even once I started getting migraines I just had to put myself in a box and I had promised myself when I when I like graduated high school and moved here I was like I'm never gonna settle like I'm not gonna settle in life I'm not gonna settle like in relationships friendships I'm not gonna settle and I felt like I really had to settle when I got migraines and just started having all of these health health issues and you know it like went to like an autoimmune disease and then it went to more recently fibromyalgia and it's just like this craziness of health issues that I'm not saying doctors and our health system can't like help or fix anything but like when you really look at the underlying issues like when I really look deep into it a lot of it comes from trauma, comes Mm -hmm. from stress, comes from everything that's like being like we hold on to, whether it's like mentally, emotionally, physically, I'm like all three of those, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, again, not talking about my emotion. Like I can talk 
about everyone else's feelings. But, and I'm an open book if you ask me a question, but I've had to really uncomfortable, which is something I never really did until going on this spiritual path. Because, you know, you kind of talk about your feelings all the time in the spiritual community. And mm-hmm. I was just like, what is this? And, <laughs> you know, it's like being in that, being in that uncomfortableness, but then like, man, when you are in the spiritual community and like you brought up Keely in the spiritual leap community, it's such a safe place to talk about your feelings where like, there's things I've said in the community that I'm like, people would think I'm crazy out. Like, oh, I resonate with that. That's the front door. And that's something that about that's like written in that I really love community and like connecting with people. And it's such, yeah, it's such a special way of when you can find like your people. And the crazy thing is, is that um, I did an Akashic reading, like, I don't know, probably almost a year ago now. And it, sh- it took me to a place like out of body experience where I was like in a room full of like maybe like 50 people, like a hundred people. And I just knew that it was like the DCI community. That's crazy. Like the spiritual community for in here. People, like, like we reincarnated at the same time to help each other. So it's, mm. yeah, I love it. That's crazy. I've had an experience like that too, an Akashic Records reading where it was like, I saw myself in a past life with like all these women, like it, it's happened in multiple different readings and like different modalities where they see me in a community of women. And it's like, we're all coming together and like sharing our gifts and like we're communing and like sharing our wisdom and like building each other up. And so I just also really love like our, the communities that we're a part of because we're able to just like be our fullest self. And like you said, express like our weirdness or the things that like maybe the um, average person might think is like weird. It's like, we all have that in common. So it's just been so fun to like find our tribe and like our like-minded people in real life. It's really cool. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I thought I found like my friends, like my close group of friends. And it's, it's, I realized that like, I can have those close group of friends and those people, because I'm someone who's like very loyal I love having like a small group of friends and like, they're like family to me. Like I joke about having like a lot of soulmates, like through friendships because I feel connected to people. And I was like, that makes sense too now through uh, like past life. Like I know I've had past lives with other people within the community, you know, and, or like just feel a pull to people. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. And yeah, it's just, I feel like it's a special thing when you can find find, um, people to different, but, um, you know, of course I have like my best friend and my family and like their support, but 
it's just like when you're dealing with trauma or just like digging deep to like, what do I really want? It's, it's such a difficult thing. Like, it's not just one answer, you know, at least I found it wasn't one answer for me. It was multiple things. And then it changed, like it changes. It's not like, oh, well, I figured out that I want to be a coach and this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. And I'm like, no, because when I went off to college, I was like, do I want to be a choreographer besides being a fashion major? <laughs> and do I want to be like, I wanted to be a music producer. And But at the time, they're like, well, you can't be all those things. Now we live in a time where you can be all those things. Like, shit, you can have 20 different, <laughs> not 20 different degrees, but you can just have so many passions. And do it all. There's no limit. I needed life to be predictable, and now I'm like finding grace in the predictable because. Going through my journey with this past summer so hard. Like, I went through a void. Like, I went deep and, you know, or some people call it dark night of the soul. It's like, a, it was almost something I had to go with, just surrendering and having faith, which is something that I actually, like, lost, lost like before the summer hit, I was like, I lost faith in myself. I couldn't surrender. Like every aspect, like in my life, like courses, teachers, or like Instagram posts were like, you got to surrender. And I was like, I can't surrender. I need to have control. <laughs> and, you know, it's ever since I've or started to surrender because you know, some days it's not easy but ever since I started doing that it's like I've had more like spiritual experiences I'm like okay this is what it's meant to be okay I'm not going to do this okay which came to the trying to fix yourself with these courses quit using these courses to let show you your life purpose you know and I've had um I've had many um synchronicities with like numerology because I think I shared it in the community I was like I keep being drawn to numerology even though I said I wasn't gonna like sign up for anything but just different like free master classes and stuff I've taken where there are certain parts of numerology that pointed out that like I might be on like my last reincarnation like this might be my last life or like one of the last ones so I really am here to like do my shit <laughs> Like, I need to, like, live my fullest, like, self. And um, also, like, because I'm 38. So I keep getting a lot of, like, 
your time's gonna come when you're like 40 so I'm like oh shit I used to like dread turning 40 so now I'm like what's gonna <laughs> happen when I turn 40 mm-hmm. so like am I gonna like find like a soulmate or am I gonna like <laughs> what so <laughs> it's it's my my biggest lesson in the past six months has just been to surrender and have faith and listen to my intuition because when I was going through my thing in the summer I just stopped everything like I quit life and I was like I didn't I used to do like new moon and full moon ceremonies I used to meditate like with like my spirits all the time and my past lives I stopped all of that and then you know my birthday's in October so like literally the first or second day of October I just got this feeling of like okay I think it's time to like get back into this and I just felt like a calmness like got back into the rituals and like connected to my high self who was like girl it's about time you came back mm-hmm. <laughs> like come on now mm-hmm. like you could have been here and you could have had our help this whole time but um and then it was even more eye-opening having um the reading done because it was just like afterwards I just felt like this sense of calmness that like Mm -hmm. I've never felt before you know I'm I still tend to have to like be in control of everything and trying to figure things out and have the answer you know like I think we even had a conversation about manifesting and I was like man you know one of the biggest things they tell you manifesting is don't try to figure out the end result and I'm like I gotta know (laughs) like I gotta know what are the steps get it Mm -hmm. and um you know it's like it's it's just like surrendering and letting go and knowing like you are you are where you need to be and it means something different for everyone but I was meant to go through this to to have compassion at least I feel like I was meant to go through all the things that I've gone through so that I could have compassion and empathy and be able to connect with people and talk about it and even give give someone else a voice you know mm-hmm. it's that's what I'm most excited about too with with doing my own podcast is like tell all of my different stories and then give the space for other people to tell their their stories because it's just so powerful you know like mm-hmm. even just doing this episode podcast episode is so connecting you know Mm -hmm. like obviously we vibe but like we always have great conversations whether it's like we're talking face to face or messaging and it's it's that connection that I think keeps all of us you know um in this like circle of healing it's -hmm. just it's so healing having connection with people and yeah I'm excited for what else is to come Oh, oh my God. I love that so much. I feel like that was like such a good way to like wrap it up, especially like, like I like to ask you like, oh, like what is like your bio or like, how can I describe you? And it's literally that you feel like you're here to like heal yourself and share your voice to heal others. And it's like, that's literally what you just said. And it like wraps up so perfectly like your journey and like where you're continuing to go and all of the beautiful things that you're going to create. And I'm so excited for you to create your podcast. I'm so freaking excited to hear all the stories and to just hear all of the amazing guests that you have on there. Like it's, 
it's so exciting. And thank you so much for being here today and being so open and honest. I feel like I could talk to you forever. Like, I feel like we could turn this into like a five hour episode, but I'm like, I, we have to wrap it up, but this has been so fun. Like, Oh my God. I'm so happy. And I feel so honored that you did this with me because like I said, besides George, who's like my own boyfriend, you're the first person I actually got to like have as a guest and like do this process. And it just felt so warm and like good. And you're so transparent, open. So thank you so, so much. And, um, where can everyone find you? Like, are you on Instagram or where can people find you? Yes. Um, they can find me at Miss Mish Mish, which is M I S S. M-E-E-S-H-M-I-C-H-E. And right now I'm like literally in the middle of creating my website. And um, I recorded some episodes for my podcast. And yeah, I'm, I'm, you're gonna see more of me because I've been like a recluse. I've been a hermit. (laughs) (laughs) I've been been a hermit. Yeah, I've been a hermit uh, with social media. But I'm like, I feel this new like energy to like, put myself out there and yeah it'll it'll be so much fun so yeah thank you so much for having me on your podcast I feel honored that you even wanted me on here and I hope to have you on my podcast yes oh my god I'm so excited yay okay well thank you so much thank you everybody for listening um I'm sure you're gonna take away so many different gems from this episode it was so good and I'll see you guys next week Thank you so much for being here and listening, beauty. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave a review and share the episode with a friend who you know will love it. We can connect further on Instagram at I am Alyssa May. So come say hello, leave a comment of your favorite takeaway on my most recent post, and I cannot wait to connect. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time.